0: Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Welcome to the art of being you. And hey, if you are not already subscribed to the newsletter, um, that we put out. I would love for you to do that. We're in the beginning phases of developing this newsletter, and I'm hoping this year to send out like a monthly sort of deep thought devotional prompt kind of thing, um, you know, a couple paragraphs, nothing more, and just to be able to, to serve you in your journey with Jesus. And so if you are interested in that kind of thing, you can go to www.rachelwortman.com and uh, there's a link right there on the homepage where you can subscribe to the newsletter. So today, we're going to talk about a topic that I have a lot of passion about. I am, I love this topic because I think it's prolific in the body of Christ. And we're going to talk about self-sabotage and especially the, uh, the art of quitting before you even start. Um, so look, there are those of us who fall—we kind of fall into two different categories. Some of us are really great at starting— And we have all this energy towards starting, right? And the idea is so exciting and we get going and then we do not want to continue. And then others of us really struggle to even start, right? Once we get going, we can just keep going and and we're great at it. But getting started is the hardest part. I wanna say, just sort of from a science perspective, uh, I think it's like Isaac Newton, Sir Isaac Newton has one of his laws that an object in motion stays in motion and an object at rest stays at rest. Now, I know you learned this like in middle school or whatever, but it's really true in things in life, right? If we are already eating healthy, for example, it's pretty easy to continue to eat healthy. But if we're not eating healthy, to start eating healthy is really, really hard. In other words, what are you? currently doing in your life, the fact that you're already doing it makes it easier to continue doing it. I came across this, that that law, um, I don't know, maybe the beginning of 2021, like in a fresh way, you know, I hadn't thought about it in a long time. And I started just kind of reflecting for myself and realizing, okay, so in what areas am I at rest that I really am struggling to get going in something new? And I'll tell you what, man, it has been really interesting to look at the different categories of my life and realize that the stuff I'm already doing is pretty easy to continue. But when I'm at rest, right, and rest in the scientific term, meaning not moving, just blah, it's really hard to get going in a certain direction. And so many of us quit before we even start. We think about it, we get excited about it, and then we fizzle out right? We don't make any action towards it or we make one or two action steps and then that's it. And I'm telling you, man, that is the easiest way to stay exactly the same Forever. (laughs) And I mean, you know what? Maybe for you, that's what you want. For me, I'm on this ever blossoming journey of trying to become more like Jesus by his empowering grace. And he is writing and perfecting, as the author and perfecter of my faith, every phase of the journey. And the thing is that if I don't participate with him, I don't grow. You know, I love how Rodney Hogue, uh, one of my, I, I just love this man of God. He makes the comedy. said, so there's no, there's no neutral in the kingdom of God, right? We're either moving forward or we're actually moving back. There's no parking. And I think that's really true in our faith that if we're just doing the status quo over and over and over again, essentially we come to a place where we are resisting the Lord. And what I mean by that is he is taking us from glory to glory to glory, and if we will not go from this glory to that glory, we are actually resisting him. We are, are fooling ourselves if we think that where we are today is the fullness of who we're going to be. I mean, the only people who think that have to be people who are not actively participating with the Holy Spirit. That might be too harsh, but I think that that's true. So one of the things that we've got to do, if we want to actually make change in our life, is wrangle our self-doubt. Y'all, I don't know why, but self-doubt is as prolific on this earth as water is. I mean, it is rampant. Even people who have these big bravados and like, you know, sort of boss babe personas, uh, it's like they, they struggle with self doubt too. There's something in us that is really unsure of whether or not we're going to succeed. And some of us are motivated by a, fa- uh, a fear of failure and others of us are motivated by a fear of actually succeeding. How would your life change? Can you succeed and do it well? Can you handle the success? Those are big questions to, to really think about. So I want to just say, and I want to be really plain and clear about this. I think we don't try, and you can fill in the blank for whatever try means, right? We don't try the healthy diet. We don't try the, the, the job change. We don't try whatever the case may be. We don't try because we aren't sure if we'll be okay if we fail. We don't try to do the new thing or the different thing or the upgraded thing because we're just not sure if we're going to be okay if it doesn't go well. Right? I mean, isn't that fundamentally what drives our self-sabotage? It's this and it's different for each of us. It's this thing, whether it's fear of failure, fear of success, fear of change, whatever, it's this thing in us that has us so convinced that on the other side of this change is going to be a situation that I can't handle. And I don't know how to my handle myself if I can't handle it. So You have an opportunity today to decide that you're going to be okay. Just make the decision today that you're going to be okay, whatever happens. In my journey with Jesus, I I, I, actually, for a long time, I used to think that um, I could make a decision, uh, even a faith-filled decision that would be wrong And it would cause me to be so off track that the Lord would not be able to, uh, you know, accomplish his will through me. And I know not everybody thinks like this, but from the time I was like 16 years old, I've just had this drive in me that was, you know, I want my life to bring you glory, God, and I will do whatever it takes and I, I want to know that you are pleased with me and not just with me and my identity, but you're pleased with the decisions that I'm making, right? That that uh, it's sort of like the faithful and little kind of thing. I want to know that I'm being, I'm stewarding diligently what you've put in my hand. And it's just a fundamental thing in me. It, it's, a, it's a core value for both my husband and I. We, we just really, really care about this. And I think we all should, but, you know, I'm not necessarily preaching about that today. And so the thing is that I had this belief that if I stepped out in faith in some, you know, way that I would thwart that that I, let me use the ditch analogy. Like I'm on this road trying to go closer to Jesus and there's a ditch on both sides. And if I I get distracted by a pretty bird that I thought was the Holy Spirit and I look to my right and I fall into this ditch and I'm not even talking about sin. I'm just talking about, you know, committing myself to something that isn't the Lord for the season or whatever the case may be. And I guess sin could be included too. That if I end up in that ditch that God will not be able to or will choose not to pull me out of it. And then I don't know what to do if I'm stuck in that ditch. I don't know how to get back on that road. And I will never forget listening to, I think it was Graham Cook preaching, and he talked about this analogy. And he said, so many of us are afraid that if we make a wrong turn and we fall in the ditch, that that's it. That our one shot of bringing God glory, our one shot of being considered faithful is over. And he said, but what we don't understand is that the heart of God includes contingency plans for the ditch. And look, if you don't believe me, just read the Bible. Peter gives us a lot of of, uh, opportunity to see this side of Jesus, right? He doesn't fall in the ditch once or twice. I mean, he kind of is a ditch. (laughs) He does not balance well, let's put it that way. If he's teetering on the edge of the road, he's in the ditch more than he's on the road. And what does Jesus do? Time and again, he pulls him gently back onto the road. See, I think a lot of us are so afraid that God will abandon us if we do the wrong thing, and therefore we don't try. Therefore, we don't step out. Therefore, we we don't know what's awaiting for us if we start something new. And I want to say to you that God is big enough, and that even sounds too cliche. It is the heart of God. It is the fundamental part of his nature to account for your ditch moments. So that is not a worthwhile fear to not move forward with the Lord. Decide that you're going to be okay. So how did I make this change in my life? Well, for me, I made this change by doing this. I would When I would start to feel that fear, I would actually call it out and speak over myself what is the truth. So it would look something like this. Wow, I feel like I'm not sure that if I step out here, let me give you an example with the podcast, right? This is is an example I can think of off the top of my mind. When I feel like the Lord told me to start this podcast a couple years ago, and I didn't know why. I didn't really even understand, you know, who's going to listen to it and just kind of, I don't know, I was really struggling with it. And I also, to be completely candid, I was afraid of it going well. I was afraid of that because I was afraid that it would be something that would really bless people and maybe become a distraction to other things in my life that I thought were more important, even though God had called me to do it. And so in that fear, I kind of put it off for a while, about six months. You know, I was—I th- would think about it. Occasionally I'd watch a YouTube video about how to start a podcast, that kind of thing. And eventually I was spending time with the Lord and eventually, um, you know, about six months in. He said to me, hey, let's talk about the ways you're being disobedient. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Like, and I I didn't use that tone with the Lord, but I was like, wait, what? I said, I don't feel like I'm being disobedient in any area of my life. God, please tell me, you know? And he said, write this down. And he gave me five areas where I'd been being disobedient. And three of those areas were projects he had asked me to do that I had not taken seriously. They were big projects. My first book was one of those. And I just remember feeling this like fear of the Lord in a healthy sense, right? That God was not just throwing out ideas for me to just brainstorm on and then move on as if they're not important. But those ideas were directives. And so I said, all right, Lord, you know, let's do it. And I launched the podcast. I think it came out maybe two months later. And, um, and watching the success that it's had has been, Mind blowing to me. And I go back to that moment. I'm thinking I was so afraid of what was on the other side of me doing this. I was afraid. What if it bombed? And I've put this all over my social media and it's like, you know, clear as day to everybody that nobody cares about what I'm going to say or, you know, whatever the fear might be. What if it bombs? Am I going to be able to pick myself up again? Am I going to be okay on the backside of this if it doesn't meet my own expectations? And how do I merge my expectations to be with the Lord's? Well, the ditch analogy is such a beautiful way to help help steer you towards that because you have to make the decision that you know God is on the other side of your failure. When you step out in faith, it is never failure The Bible actually says it's impossible to please God without faith. You cannot bring God pleasure if you have no faith in your life. So God would rather you take a step with faith and and genuinely believe God had called you, even if you're wrong. He would rather you do that than know that the Lord is speaking to you and never do anything about it. I'm just telling you, that's that's what the Bible says. That's how God works. Your faith is beautiful to him. And he is more than capable of picking you up if it fails. So don't quit before you start because you have no idea what's on the other side. I I know that so many of us are so paralyzed by fear. And a lot of that fear is what those closest to us are going to think, right? What they're going to think about. I mean, I just had to make peace a long time ago that people think I'm flighty. Now, I know you guys might not think that because you get to listen to me talk a lot. But people do sometimes they they think oh you bounce from one thing to the next oh you know you always have a new thing you want to do and I do and that's okay that's who I am right and I'm not going to apologize for that anymore but a lot of times the voice that we elevate as like the most important voice of validation in our life is usually the voice of somebody who who is not like us you know when we first have someone who we're vying for their approval usually that person is a parent figure and they don't fundamentally get you. If you like, like this is how it is in parenting, right? There are just things about our kids that we don't necessarily click with. And our job as parents is to not let those things become a wedge that hinders connection, but that we can teach our kid how much we love them. We can connect with them despite the fact that we might not have the same interest or the same personality, right? That's how God is with us. But when we don't do that and our kid begins to feel like they're wanting your connection and approval, but they're never getting it. And they internalize that it's because they're different than you. Then they grow up to be adults like you and I, who are looking for validation from somebody who is different from us to prove that we're actually okay as we are. And if you hear nothing else today, hear this, you are okay as you are. Jesus actually selected you to be the temple of his presence, <laughs> just as you are, because he's confident that he can make up for all that you lack, that he can mitigate the risks, that he can handle all the, the junk. Right. And that when you participate with him and you grow from one place to the next, you actually um, that he takes that he takes responsibility for that growth process and you get to reap the benefit from it. Look, I, I want to say, if the things that are sparking in you right now are, are God decisions, right? Stepping out in faith for something that God has asked you to do. Maybe it's sharing the gospel with a coworker, or maybe it's befriending somebody that uh, really has no friends, or, or maybe it's you know, changing up your time with the Lord. Whatever the case may be, if it's with God what you're stepping out for, You've got to try, you owe it to yourself to try and not quit before you start. Decide how long you're gonna try something new and stick to it for that length of time. You know, honor the Lord in that way. See what he might have waiting for you on the other side. I recently did a training with our real estate agents about goals and accurate goal setting. And you know, I'm really passionate about helping people make accurate goals because a lot of times our goals are either too small and they don't really cause us to rise up at all, or they're so big that we'll never achieve them. And an accurate goal setting is this delicate art of defining who you want to become. And next week, we're going to actually dive into this quite a bit more, but the reality is that the goals that you want to see fulfilled, the goals that you want to achieve will require you to become the kind of person who can achieve those type of goals. It's, It's as simple as that. We have to want who we're becoming more than we want the thing that the goal is going to give us. Because if you have that thing in you, if you become that kind of person, you will achieve that goal without much effort in real estate, for example, a lot of that comes down to becoming the kind of person who can close a sale, right? Becoming the kind of person who can be consistent, becoming the kind of person who can, um, scale a business, becoming the kind of person who can attract new clients, these types of things. And so we might say, I want to double my business. I want to, um, you know, I want to add new clients in this way, etc. And it's like, all right, that's awesome. But if you could do that now, you already would. And so what needs to change? Well, you need to change. This is the same as it is in, in a spiritual context. If your goals are, you know, you want to see the the sick healed, the dead raised, the whatever the case may be, you want to understand the Bible more, you want to um, pray for people and have your prayers be answered. These types of goals require you becoming the kind of person that that type of stuff happens, right? You're not going to stay the same. That's the point. Accomplishing our goals is fundamentally the idea that we are becoming someone different. We're growing. We're improving. We're moving forward. We're becoming more like Jesus. And the best thing we can do for ourselves is actually try. No self-sabotage. No, you know, quitting before you start. What is self-sabotage? I think I forgot to define this earlier, but essentially self-sabotage is that, that partnering with that fear that we talked about earlier and then doing something to thwart your progress. It's like, let's just go back to dieting because it's just the universal example we all understand, right? That you've had three or four great days on your new diet and then you're, you're feeling discouraged about what might happen down the road and so you eat the donut and you know that that's going to derail your progress, right? You just know it fundamentally. Or in sales, it's like you, you're moving forward and things are going well and then you don't answer the phone a couple of times. That's self-sabotage. You're counting yourself out before you even get to start with the Lord. It's like, you know, you got these goals of who you want to become as a faithful disciple of Jesus, how you want to invite him in to help you do that, and then you don't spend time with him, you know, and you cut yourself at the knees. (laughs) You quit before you even start. And I don't want that for you at all. So I hope this is helpful for you guys as we've just kind of been exploring this topic. If I had a spiritual lasso, I would give it to you and I would say wrangle all of your self-doubt and see what God can do in, in spite of the doubts that you have, in spite of the fears that you have, and trust him to bring about something spectacular in your relationship with him this year. Until next time, be blessed.